Welcome to MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Logue. MTSU's Africana Studies program has a new director, but he's no newcomer to MTSU. He's Dr. Adana Jafakari, a history professor and a winner of the John Pless Faculty Award, which is presented each year to an outstanding professor of color. His areas of expertise are Africa and African-American history. He earned his bachelor's degree from Tuskegee University in 1986, his master's degree from Northeastern Illinois University in 1990, and his doctorate from Temple University in 1999. We'll talk about Africana studies after this. MTSU's 2020 Constitution Day celebration featured a virtual panel of experts discussing what we haven't been taught about voting rights, especially women's, in this centennial year of the 19th Amendment. Dr. Tiffany Moman, an alumna of MTSU's public history program, who's now a visiting professor of history at Sewanee, is one of those experts who spoke bluntly on voting privilege, prejudice, and power in America. Dr. Bakari, welcome. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Your colleague, Dr. Lewis Woods, was the prior Africana Studies director. What uh, do you inherit from him as you take over this program? I'm new, but I'm not new at at this because this is my second shot at running the program. Um, The last time you interviewed me, I had a lot less gray. Before we were um, a minor now we have a major. So I'm inheriting um, a much larger program than I um, turned over to Dr. Bynum and Dr. Woods um, some years ago. So it's a larger program because it's a major now. It's also a larger program because we've gotten a lot more university buy-in and um, a lot more university um, acknowledgement that the the major is happening. What do you see as the most important priorities for Africana studies moving forward? I'd like us to um, continue to grow the major. We have about 20 or 25 majors right now. Um, But also we're working on being able to move the, we have a class, it's a history, it's a history of African-American studies class. Um, It's 2040 and 2050. And we want to take that and make it a gen ed so that it can count as a history gen ed, just like history 2020 and 20, uh, 2020 and 2010. And that would be a real big step for the the major because that way, um, you know, lots of times now we have students who might be history majors, um, political science majors, criminal justice majors taking many of our classes. But if we have the history 2040 and 2050 as in in the gen ed um, curriculum, we'll have students from all across campus who've just said, well, I took U.S. history in high school. I took U.S. history in eighth grade. I'd like to um, try this as my U.S. history. So that'll be a a big change. Secondly, I'd like to see us um, expand the program where we can 
do more study abroads. Right now we have one study abroad program and that's going to Senegal with Dr. Um, Alou. Um, we're working on a program to Ghana. So that would be, be really good. And I'd like to tweak the curriculum some so that it becomes um, a part of the major that students have to study abroad. That, um, you know, I think that study abroad component is really, really, really important. Is it going to be difficult to, to grow study abroad given the COVID-19 pandemic? Oh yeah, well, we, <clears throat> we won't do it right now. No, um, you know, I would say before, um, before COVID, Dr. Lee had been doing study abroad for um, four or five years and every year his program made and his numbers were growing. So I think after COVID is over, we won't have any problem getting back to, uh, you know, uh, maybe a new normal. But I don't think we'll have any problem interesting students about uh, in studying abroad. What kind of uh, what 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 countries do you think would be uh, good uh, countries to develop study abroad courses for? In addition to Senegal, well, for um, probably you know the, the first this is my going to my twenty sixth sixth year at MT. But um, I did study abroad probably for about 12 years. And I know Gambia is a wonderful country. It's small, um, it's very personable. Uh, um, I've been study abroad in um, Cameroon also. And um, that's a very interesting country because you have the dual languages uh, part of the country is francophone and part of the country is anglophone. So students really get to, it blows their mind when they see how a dual uh, or bilingual country operates. Um, we uh, looked into doing study abroad in South Africa. I think that would be, be good. I visited Ethiopia um, to set up a study abroad program. So I think, you know, the options are really, really um, open for where we might do study abroad in Africa. Dr. Woods has also talked about maybe doing some type of class that would link um, Africa, the Caribbean, you know, maybe it would be, I don't know, uh, Barbados or St. Croix, St. Kicks or, you know, the Bahamas, some country in the Caribbean, and then students would follow that um, that trail to maybe South Carolina or Louisiana. Um, you know, if they were following Africans from out of Africa into the Caribbean, you know, maybe during the enslavement period and then into the Americas, I think that would be really, really interesting, uh, interesting plans. So it would be partly uh, in another country, partly in the United States following the slave trade, right? Yes, yes. We'll take a break right here. We'll be right back. This is MTSU on the record. The Experiential Learning Scholars Program at MTSU gives students a chance to go outside the classroom and obtain hands-on experience in their chosen fields of study. 
They'll have the opportunity to give something back to the community through service learning as they gain acceptance for graduate study. Students should be able to select EXL designated courses from major requirements and general studies requirements to complete the 16 to 18 hours of EXL coursework. For all of the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. MTSU's Jewish and Holocaust Studies minor offers undergraduate students a chance to study the culture and religion of the Jewish people and the Holocaust in an interdisciplinary program. Studies include history and culture, theology and philosophy, and the arts and social sciences. Courses tackle vital topics central to local and global awareness, including multiculturalism and the meanings of diversity, religious tolerance, and genocide. For the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. We're talking with Dr. Adana Jabakari, who is the Director of Africana Studies and a Professor of History about the Africana Studies program. Uh, sometimes students relate to history better if they can uh, see its relevance to the present day. Uh, what opportunities do the demonstrations that have been staged in the last few months following the death of George Floyd uh, present for Africana Studies educators? to help them make the connections? You know, this is really a, and I, and I say it with, with air, air marks, a wonderful time to be a, a historian or a political scientist or um, somebody working in criminal justice, you know, uh, academia field. Because, you know, when we talk about um, the Constitution or we talk about civil rights for most students they they can't make the connections but this uh, period allows students to really be able to see um, how the civil rights movement looked you know what protests were like what pushback from the police or you know the political system looked like so this is the opportunity that most students um, would never have a chance to see and as a faculty member, it really allows for wonderful debate and discussion in a class. It really allows for um, wonderful opportunities to, you know, have some type of hands-on learning because you can just almost send students in any direction in any city and they're going to come across, if not a, a protest, they'll come across people um, debating and talking, you go into any, you know, Starbucks or a coffee house and you hear, you hear the discussions about what's happening. So this is just really a, a good time. It's a shame that um, George Floyd had to, to die to be able, for us as a country to begin to have these type of conversations about, about race, about policing, about, um, equality. But um, I think in 50 years or so, you know, people will look back and say, he was definitely a martyr. He was definitely um, a pivotal piece in not just African American history, but the history of, of our country. And also, uh, another pivotal point in the history of our country has been reached with uh, the designation of Kamala Harris as the Democratic nominee for vice president. Uh, tell us uh, 
what how you see that that choice and what that means in terms of uh, bringing the importance of it home to students? Yeah, I think um, with her being chosen as Biden's uh, running mate, it really says that um, women's voices are important, African-American uh, people's voices are important, um, immigrant voices are important because she's, uh, I guess, bicultural might be the word where she uh, has ancestry from Jamaica and from uh, India. So I really think that allows for this um, mixture of backing and uh, public support for her, um, her position. And I think lots of times Trump shoots himself in the foot like he did the other day when he starts to question whether she is um, up to snuff for the position or whether she could even you know, be the vice president. Those type of um, political jabs, I don't think, uh, think help him. I think it really riles up. Well, it probably riles up his base, but it really makes um, our country look like we're sexist and racist. You know, because when the president speaks, other countries and other people in other countries hear what he has to say. And they may not be able to filter out, you know, the truth behind some of these things like, like many Americans can. But, you know, I was uh, in a country a few years ago and people continue to ask me as I travel, you know, how could we as Americans vote for Trump and why did we vote for Trump? And, um, you know, why not Hillary? Was there something wrong with her? And it's really difficult to explain American politics when you're abroad. You know, it's, it's hard to uh, explain why things happen. And then it makes you scratch your head because you're trying to explain it to somebody else when you really don't understand it yourself. So uh, her being chosen as Biden's running mate, I think, is just um, a straw, a, a feather in our country's history. I really do. A feather in the hat. It's time for another break here. We'll be right back. This is MTSU on the record. The American Democracy Project is a nonprofit initiative which strives for greater voter registration and civic participation among young people at MTSU and at campuses nationwide. Through encouragement from professors and peers, young adults are shown the value of being more active citizens in their community, their state, and their nation. ADP seeks to nurture programs that raise the campus community's level of engagement with society. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. The mission of the June Anderson Center for Women and Non-Traditional Students is to provide education, advocacy, direct services, outreach, and programming for the MTSU campus and surrounding community on gender-related issues. The center also assists older students who are trying to balance work, college, and family. It also sponsors a monthly legal clinic, career brown bag series, book club, and a newsletter twice a year. For all of the latest MTSU news and information, 
go to mtsunews.com. We're talking about the Africana Studies Program with Dr. Adana Jabakari, who is a history professor and the director of the program. Uh, what kind of alterations have you had to make in some of the Africana Studies classes because of the, the pandemic? How do you decide what a high, which is a hybrid class, which is distance learning, what can be done totally online, what has to be synchronous or asynchronous? How, how do you figure that out? Oh my goodness. Um, you know, we had a conversation as, as faculty and it was, it was pretty easy for faculty to figure out that they prefer to be remote than, than be face-to-face. Um, it wasn't something that I had to do a lot of because many of our faculty members or all of our faculty members are connected to some larger department. So when we look at, say, somebody like uh, Dr. Woods, he's in history. When we look at Dr. Franklin, uh, say, Ku Franklin, he's in political science. Um, when we look at um, Dr. Treadwell, Aaron Treadwell, he's in history. Um, so our faculty members are almost borrowed from other departments who teach in, in the minor and the major. So those departments really had the great say about um, what was going on with, with faculty members. And then as the major and people who teach in the major, we just kind of, um, in, I try to encourage people to teach classes in the, in the major. So I really left it up to faculty members how they wanted to do that. And I think it's a good idea for us to stay safely distanced, uh, at least until the spring, you know, hopefully a, uh, a vaccination will have been uh, developed. I'm not necessarily optimistic about that happening, but I'm hopeful so that we can uh, get back to some type of um, normal school year. But maybe this will be the new normal, right? that we're going to be worried about uh, social distancing and, and these type of things for a couple of years. So I've been really pleased about the way um, faculty members have pivoted to uh, make these changes. I'm glad you pointed out that Africana Studies is interdisciplinary because even though you are a history professor, it's not just about history. There are a lot of different disciplines that play into this major. Right. Right. We have classes that um, out of English, dance, music, um, political science, um, philosophy, history, of course, um, sociology, social work. I think the only place we don't have a class, and I'm going to encourage uh, some of the young faculty members over there, is out of uh, maybe like biology or chemistry that we, we haven't gotten a blacks and science class or a history of uh, African Americans in uh, farming or, you know, because somebody like uh, Carver, there's no reason we shouldn't have a class on how he 
he does what he does because he's still a pivotal figure for you know today what we call sustainable agriculture he was talking about rotation of crops and healthy soil 100 years ago and nobody else was talking about that at, at that point in time so that would be a wonderful class to have Hey, how about uh, business? Any in the college business? You know, through the years we've had, not not right now, but through the years we have had um, some classes coming out of, of the business department. So that'll be another uh, push. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, since it's called Africana Studies, what myths and misconceptions about the continent of Africa would you like to bust right here and now? We don't have enough time to do all of them, but. <laughs> that, that, that Africa is a continent and not a country. Uh, I said continent. You know, lots of times. Yeah, no, you did. You, you, you hit it on the head. You know, maybe we'll help get some of our politicians to realize that also. <laughs> that. Africa is truly a diverse continent that you have um, over 500 different languages, different religions and theologies, um, different political um, formations, that it is as diverse and unique as any place you know, in the world. And I think, you know, in many cases, shows like National Geographic really harm Africa because most people believe that Africa is still largely rural or rainforest in orientation. Um, they don't think about the huge cities like Lagos, Nigeria, or Dakar, Senegal, or you know, Cape Town or Johannesburg, that, and, you know, this divide that we have between North Africa and Sub-Saharan Africa needs to be done away with, that if you go into, you know, today what we call North Africa, Egypt, Libya, Algeria, you know, Morocco, those places are just as African as Nigeria or Senegal or Ghana, that the religions are a little bit different largely because you have Islam, but the flow of people, the flow of ideas, the Sahara Desert did not stop the flow of ideas and the flow of people. So if we can get rid of Africa as a country and the divided Africa, we'll really be doing something with something wonderful. For people who want to know more about Africana studies, how do they get more information? They can go to our website. It's um, going through a, a revisionary period right now, simply because I'm coming and Dr. Dr. Woods is going, but we have a pretty good website. Um, Hats off to Dr. Woods for getting that done. Um, they can email me at abakari at mtsu.edu. So A-B-A-K-A-R-I at mtsu.edu. They can um, call 615-888-8000. Uh, 
898-598-5905. We're going to have a um, media blitz, a couple of people working on the Twitter page and uh, all those other things that, that folks love that I don't do. So we'll have multiple uh, ways that people can uh, can find us, maybe on Facebook and other things also. Dr. Adana Jabakari, thank you for being our guest today on MTSU on the Record. We appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll be right back. Tennessee's farm families contribute to our state's economy, nutrition, and culture. The Tennessee Century Farms Program at MTSU's Center for Historic Preservation acknowledges farms that have been in the same family at least 100 years. To date, the program has certified more than 1,500 farms. There's no cost to nominate a farm or be part of the program. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. The Intercultural and Diversity Affairs Center helps to promote awareness and understanding of the wide variety of cultures represented at MTSU. The center provides information, referrals, and resources. Additionally, IDAC tries to make students from different cultures feel welcome and comfortable on campus so they can have every opportunity to fulfill their academic, social, and personal potential. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Gina Fan has the middle moment. MTSU's 2020 Constitution Day celebration featured a virtual panel of experts discussing what we haven't been taught about voting rights, especially women's, in this centennial year of the 19th Amendment. Dr. Tiffany Moman, an alumna of MTSU's public history program, who's now a visiting professor of history at Sewanee, is one of those experts who spoke bluntly on voting privilege, prejudice, and power in America. We've not fully and honestly divulged how truly racially hateful so much of the battle for suffrage was. We know, for example, that the day before clinching the Tennessee House vote, that Tennessee Speaker Representative Seth Walker said, this is a white man's country. Despite the progress of the last 100 years, our cultural landscapes tell a story primarily dominated by white men. And often our historic sites don't reflect the diversity of this country. And they certainly don't reflect the complexity of history. So often these things gloss over the ugliness of history in favor of happier stories. And I think it comes as no surprise to anyone here, glossing over the ugliness of our shared past gets us nowhere. That's MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Logue. Thanks for listening. MTSU on the Record, a news and information program about Middle Tennessee State University, is produced by the university's Marketing and Communications Office, which is solely responsible for its content. Read more about MTSU at our website, mtsunews.com. Podcasts of this program are available at mtsunews.com and on iTunes.